listening to New Life Church in Richmond Hill, Georgia. Good to see you this morning. Hope everybody's doing well. We have been in a series called All the Feels. And um, I want to, we're going to close out today uh, in this series. And next week, we're going to start a new series uh, that'll take us through Easter. And um, so if you got your Bible, we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 6 and John chapter 11. So if you want to go ahead and kind of put your finger in, in those two, two places, you can uh, just kind of be ahead of the game. Um, I will say this. Uh, I'll just, I'm, 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 I appreciate our band. I appreciate our, uh, our media team. Um, if some of you, as you came in, it looks like we have a construction project going on back there. Last Sunday, uh, when you walked out, immediately after that, we began to rip stuff out. And uh, we've had to expand our, uh, our media booth uh, to be able to house uh, the growth that we're, we're seeing in, in our team. And that's a good thing, right? Uh, sometimes you have to kick the walls out and, and, and make your tent bigger. And so uh, that's what we've been doing. And we've been making our tent bigger. And so, listen, uh, because of that, if you're interested in serving, uh, we are, we've got a lot of different places that, that we, we could plug folks in. Uh, we've got a media team. I know um, our musicians. Uh, we've got places in our children's ministry, our nursery. And so, if you're interested in serving, just a real simple way that you can just let us know is you can text the word SERVE to 912 912-400-0556. Just text that word serve. Yeah, that right there. Just text us. And um, that is an easy way just to let us know that you would like to serve because uh, we can find out what your giftings are. And we do want to find out what your giftings are because if you hate kids, we don't want to put you in kids ministry. Right? If you're not friendly, we don't want to stick you at the front door greeting people, right? And welcome to church. Right? We... We want, to, we want to find out how God has shaped you and gifted you uh, because you are shaped and gifted by God. And so we want to find out what that is. And so uh, just send us, send us the word, text the word serve, and uh, we'll, we'll get with you and uh, find out just how God has shaped you, okay? But um, this morning, we're, we're going to end this series out, All the Feels. And so in 1990, there was a guy by the name of Danny Rubin who wrote a script for a man by the name of Harold Ramis. Anybody ever heard of Harold Ramis? Some of us know Harold Ramis. Sorry, it seems like make more sense as we go along. So Danny Rubin wrote this script uh, in 1990, and the script that he wrote was about a journalist who had to cover an annual event that happened every year in this little town in Pennsylvania. And this little town in Pennsylvania uh, it has this groundhog, right? What's the name? Puxatoni Phil? Yeah, I probably butchered that too. It's all right. That's what I do. Um, the the story as it goes is uh, this journalist uh, that's that his name is Phil Connors uh, goes to this little town to uh, cover this story and he's kind of upset he's kind of aggravated about it that he's got to cover this story one more time that he is upset that he's got to uh, he feels like he's made for bigger stories right that he needs something a better story to cover and so he is uh, he's upset about it and so he's he's kind of cranky and he goes through out his day, and what he realizes is that when he gets up the next morning, it's the same day again, right? It's Groundhog Day. Anybody seen Groundhog Day, 
right? Groundhog Day, the movie goes, that he just keeps reliving this day over and over and over and over and over. And it's like until he learns what he's supposed to learn, he can't move on. And I love that movie. Uh, and, but I don't know if, if you have felt like you have been stuck in Groundhog Day before that you keep living the same stuff over and over and over and over. Maybe you feel like you have the same feelings, uh, maybe the same heartache, maybe the same pain, and you keep experiencing the same thing over and over and over and over, and you feel like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day that you just keep hitting the, hitting the snooze alarm, and it's like the same thing, you know, all over again. And so... I want us to talk about this today, and that's, to, that's what loss feels like to many people. When you lose something, or maybe the word grief, when you grieve, uh, and if you've ever experienced grief, maybe you feel like that, that it seems like something that just comes up over and over and over and over again. Um, this morning, I want to define grief, and this is, this is how we define grief. Grief is this. It is a feeling, uh, feeling a loss of someone, something, and the pain that something is missing. That's, that's what grief is. It is this loss of someone or something, and it is the pain of experiencing that something is missing in our life. And that can be uh, a lot of different ways. It can, it can be knowing that um, uh, feeling or knowing that there are experiences that you're never going to have. It, it may be knowing that, you know what, that I had this experience and now uh, I don't have this experience. I'm not going to have the chance to have this experience anymore. And so this idea that, okay, um, you know what, that, that's gone. That's a, that's a part of my life that, that is gone now forever. Or maybe feeling that there are people that you didn't get to love. Maybe it's feeling uh, that there are dreams uh, that are you, you failed to accomplish. And so it is this idea that something is missing and something is going to be missing. That's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about grief. And so in the series, we've looked at a lot of different emotions. Last week, we looked at envy and uh, we've looked at jealousy and envy. And uh, uh, we talked about how green is not your color. And then I realized, somebody informed me this morning that I was preaching that to a lot of Army guys. Um, they don't have a, you know, you, you got to wear green. I'm sorry, guys. So I guess it is your color, right? Uh, you know, so, uh, but, but this morning we're, we're, we're going to finish this up and kind of wrap this up. Because in this series, we have talked about a lot of different emotions. Uh, we've seen that God is emotional, right? We've seen in this series that God has shown himself to be an emotional God. Uh, we have seen that um, God has exhibited uh, throughout Scripture emotions that we can relate to. And so you may, maybe you've had somebody tell you, stop being emotional. Anybody? You know, you're just being emotional. And they don't mean it in a good way. They mean they want you to stop the drama. They mean they want you to check out on whatever hysteria that you've kind of ginned up. And so maybe they, you've been told that before. Hey, you know, just get over it and stop being so emotional. Um, and maybe that's not fair. Maybe that's not fair because they don't know exactly what you're going through. Uh, and so when we talk about God being emotional, we mean that in the best sense possible. Uh, 
We mean that God is emotional in the best way possible, that God exhibits all the best emotions. And so uh, because we are made in the image of God, we can reflect that. And so this morning, I want us to look at this. If we look at uh, John chapter 11, verse 32, that is, uh, that is first play or one of the first places that we looked at in this series where we see uh, just Jesus showing emotion. And if the emotion that we're looking at is where Jesus has this friend Lazarus that has died. And this is what we find in verse 32 of John chapter 11. It says, And now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see and Jesus wept, right? That is the shortest verse in the entire Bible. So if, if you want the Bible trivia answer, shortest verse in the entire Bible is that one right there. Jesus wept. But it's much bigger than just a Bible trivia answer. It is the idea that God is weeping, that God experiences pain, that God experiences grief. Actually, if you want another Bible trivia um, and if you were here Wednesday night, you might, uh, you might know this one. Uh, what is the first depicted emotion in the Bible that we see of God? It is grief. It is grief. And if you go to Genesis, Genesis chapter 6, and I'm going to read it out of my Bible, and that's why you have to bring your Bible, because sometimes you lose the screens, and you have to read it out of here. So, Genesis chapter 6, beginning of verse 5, And the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's pretty bad. That every thought was continually evil. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So that's the first place. I'm not saying that's the first emotion that God ever experienced. What I'm saying is that is the place that we see uh, the, first, uh, the first emotion depicted in Scripture of God experiencing. And it's interesting to me that God experiences grief because we experience grief, but that, that shouldn't be a surprise to us if we're made in the image of God, if we're created to be like God, and that's what, that's what the Word of God says, is, is what the Bible says, is that we were created to be made in the image of God, uh, both male and female, and, and, and so we are going to be emotional people because God's emotional, and God experiences grief. And we experience grief. And it doesn't mean that you're broken. It doesn't mean that you're messed up. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. Actually, what that means is that you're human. It means that you're created in God's image. And so that's a good thing. And grief is a, can be a good thing for us, even though it doesn't feel like it when we're going through it. It, it, it means that it's something that we can, we can experience in a process. And that's, that's the next thing I want to let you know is grief is not something you just get over. It's something that you go through. 
You know, maybe, maybe you've been told that before, that, you know, if, if you're grieving, if, you're, if you've lost someone or lost something, maybe you've lost a relationship, maybe you have, have lost an opportunity, maybe a dream that you had has died, and you say, well, they, you just need to get over that. You just need to get over that and just let it go, just let it be, just, just, just go on and move on. But that's easy for them to say, right? That's much harder for us to do when it's our dream. When it's our family member, when it's, when it's our broken heart, it's, it's much harder to move on. And so for someone to say, well, you just need to get over it, it seems a little bit insensitive. Seems a lot insensitive, right? If we're being honest, seems a lot insensitive. And so, so grief is not something you just get over. It's something you go through. C.S. Lewis C.S. Lewis is, was, was, a, was a Christian author and... Um, he wrote a ton of books, but he wrote one called A Grief Observed, and it was after his wife had died, and, and C.S. Lewis actually married later in life, and his wife uh, died of breast cancer, and this was uh, the book that he wrote after his wife passed away, and so this is what he says in, in the book. He says, grief turns out to be not a state, but a process. Grief is like a winding road where any bend may reveal a totally new landscape. And, and, and I get that. I get that where it seems like sometimes you're just going along, you're walking through this, you're walking through this, and it's like you turn the corner and something happens. You hear something, you see something. It could even be something that you smell that reminds you of someone or some time or some place, and it just hits you like a ton of bricks. And it's like things can change just that quick because you are walking through this process or this experience of grief. So we all have this. Now, it, grief may be something that you try to avoid. Grief may be something that you say, well, you know what, I, I'm just, I am not going to give into that. I'm not going to express that. Um, and, and in America, we deal with grief a lot different than a lot of other, other cultures. Uh, our grief time span is short. We kind of pack it in, uh, you know, and in about three days, you know, we have that funeral, and man, you know what, you're supposed to go on about your life and have, you know, keep calm and carry on, right, as the, as the poster says. But really, our hearts are still broken. It's interesting that in a lot of other cultures, it takes much more time. They have rituals and customs that actually take longer periods of time, days and days. Uh, actually, the, the, the depiction that we saw of Jesus and Lazarus, they would have mourners that would come and help just mourn and grieve this, this person's loss. That it would be not so much a production as so much as a custom that people would come together and uh, to comfort one another and in this to show this loss is a loss that uh, that affects us all. And so when we look at this idea of grief and we think, God, you know, you grieve and, and you're showing that, that, that you're grieving, sometimes we want to push on past it. Sometimes we just want to avoid it. And so if you avoid it, that's not healthy. If you avoid it, it's, it's, it's not going to turn out to be healthy for you. And so this is what happens if you avoid it. Rick Warren said this. Rick Warren is a pastor out in, um, 
out in California, Pastor Saddleback Church, and Rick Warren, his wife Kay, they lost a son to suicide. And this is, this is what uh, Pastor Warren said. He says, when you don't talk it out, you take it out on other people. When you don't talk it out, you take it out on other people. See, you can push down, push down, push down, push down only so much, but after a while, it's going to come out in another way. After a while, it's going to come, and it's going to rise to the surface, and it's going to come out some way, and it may not be a healthy way. It may not be a good way. And so grief is a process, and it's healthy to walk through this process, and to try to avoid this process would be unhealthy for you and maybe those around you. Uh, There's a guy by the name of Dr. Alan Wolfett, and uh, he uh, started the Center for Loss and Life Transition in Colorado, and he says there are categories of people who avoid or try to avoid grief. He said there are five categories of people who try to avoid grief, and this, is, this was his five. Uh, he said, first off that you have are the postponers. The postponers are the people that they believe that it will eventually just go away. That, you know what, I'm just going to put it off. I can't deal with it right now. I can't, I, can't, uh, I can't go through this right now. I cannot deal with this right now. I don't have time for this. The postponers try to push it off. And he says that a lot of times um, it may be single parents that feel they have to do this because they have to check in on their kids and they feel like they have to be there for their kids. And so they push off their grief and they push off this process of, of mourning because they feel like they have to be there for someone else. And so they don't take the time for themselves. And, and it winds up coming out in other ways. So those are the postponers. You have the postponers, and then you have the displacers. The displacers are the people, they will try to fill their time uh, with other emotions and other activities. They'll just try to fill up the schedule. You know, it's not that they're not hurting and not that they're not thinking about it, but they're just trying to distract themselves long enough so they don't feel, Right? It is, it is, we're going to displace this with another activity or at, at with, with maybe something else that, that I can try to have another emotion some other way. And it's not a healthy thing to push this off. Displacers and postponers are avoiders. Postponers, displacers, and then you have replacers. What are the replacers? The replacers are these. They will take their emotion and invest them prematurely in a new or transitional relationship. That is uh, where it, it's only, you know, lickety split and they're with someone else. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Uh, I, I saw this recently in uh, a guy that uh, just in Hollywood that uh, seemed like his wife died and within like two or three months he had moved on and he was proposing to another woman. And we were like, wow, everybody was like, that was really quick. And what happens with replacers is they're trying to avoid grief. They're trying to avoid this process of grief, but to everybody else, to everybody observing, it looks like they didn't love the person. It looks like that they didn't love the person that was lost. And, and really what it is, is that they're hurting 
and that they're trying to avoid that hurt by bringing in someone new, and they're not moving through this process of grief. And so you have postponers, you have displacers, you have replacers. A lot of times replacers are men. Uh, men, typically, typically with children, tend to be the replacers, you know, because they just, they just I, I, you know, I've, I've, got to, I've got to do something about this. So you have postponers, displacers, replacers. Then you have minimizers. The, the fourth category was minimizers. They acknowledge the loss, but dilute the impact. Someone who will minimize it, they'll say stuff like, well, they're in a better place. And that's true. That, 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 that may well be true, but they say it in a way to try to push off the grief and not to, uh, not to engage in, in the grief process. That's, that's, that's what they're doing. And so to minimize, they'll say, well, they're in a better place. Or maybe they'll say something like, they lived a good life. Well, they lived a good life, you know, and trying to minimize the feelings that they're feeling, right? Because how many of you know our feelings are rough sometimes? Our feelings can be difficult, especially feelings of grief, feelings of pain, feelings that when you are working, that, that your heart is just being ripped out, and you say, I want to deal with this in a way that is productive. I want to deal with this in a way that is, is, is going to be healthy, but sometimes you want to avoid it altogether. The last one is this, somaticizers. These are the people, these are the ones who avoid grief, and it actually leads them to getting physically sick. They have in their body, they, they begin to experience uh, sickness in their body because they avoid grief. And so we can see that it's unhealthy to avoid the grief process. It's unhealthy not to, and I understand why we wouldn't, because it's painful. And it's painful, and we want to figure out every other way not to deal with loss in our life. We want to figure out every other way not to deal with the pain that we have when someone dies or when we lose a relationship or a dream that we had stops being that dream because for whatever reason. And, and we want to do something about it, and we just want the pain to go away. But a lot of times what we're doing is we're going to create more pain down the line. And sometimes it's not just for us. We create more pain for our families when we don't walk through that process of grief. And so it's important that we do this. It's important that we walk through this process of grief. Whenever you don't grieve a loss in your life, you will get stuck in that stage. That's it. It's, it's like Groundhog Day, right? That you have this... This, this place that I'm just stuck, and, and it's like I, I just I can't move from this, this, this point, and maybe you're trying to avoid it, but you're not dealing with it. You're not dealing with it. And when you're at that point, when you don't deal with grief, it becomes something that becomes larger in your life. You may find that you're living out Groundhog Day over and over and over. See, grief may definitely sting, but it's not meant to keep you stuck. Grief stings, and the Bible talks about that. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Because it is, death is a sting to us. But there is hope. And I was having a conversation with somebody uh, just this past week where, you know, they're just talking about, there just seems not to be hope. And, and for what I want to do today is if you're walking through grief, and I know many of us are, because we've suffered all kinds of losses. Listen, just, just this past year, we've had so much loss 
in our families and so much loss in our country. And it, and it may be from people who have died. It may be from, from people who have lost jobs. It may be from people who have lost income. It may be a business that was lost, and that was the dream to have their own business, and then that business went under because of everything that happened, everything that shut down. And so we have this loss that we're carrying around, all this pain that we're carrying around. And there's a sting to it. But grieving is not meant to keep you stuck. People grieve in different ways at different lengths of time, and they may experience the stages of grief in a different way. I don't know if you've ever heard of the stages of grief. There's denial, there's, there's anger, and, and, and actually Groundhog Day, what I didn't realize was this, was that the writer of Groundhog Day, that's how he wrote the story, was that Bill Murray's character would go through all the five stages of grief. If you go back and watch that movie, you can see uh, in this movie, and, and see that he goes through all the stages of grief where he's in denial that, well, what's going on? What's happened? Why am I experiencing the same? And it's an anger, uh, finally, to acceptance. And, and so, you know, these stages of grief, it's not a linear thing. So if, if you're walking through these stages, it may be that you experience them in different ways. It may not be that you're just doing them in order and that you do them for a certain period of time. You may stay at one stage longer than others. And that's just because we are built as people to walk through this process of grief. See, grief will help you put things in perspective. It will bring clarity to what really matters. And I found that to be true. There are a lot of things that I have, I got irritated with. Growing up, you know, how how many of you know sometimes your parents don't know anything? At least you feel that way. My boys, they look at me sometimes like, Dad don't know anything. He doesn't know anything. You know, they know everything. They're 14 and 16 years old, right? You know, stop now. Just stop now while you know everything, right? I, I, and, and that's how it was with my dad. I remember going, as I was growing up, I was like, oh, Dad, my dad, my dad was a dreamer. My dad would talk about stuff, and, and we would ride by places, and my dad, he would just kind of look, oh, he, this piece of property right here, Ryan, you see this? See, it goes back off the river. He's like, I want to buy this, and I want to build a place for our family where we can just all come and hang out. I'm like, man, Dad, that's great. That's awesome, you know? But we've had this conversation like 20 times before at 20 different pieces of property, right? And that's just how my dad was. And, and, and sometimes I would get aggravated, you know, with my dad. And sometimes my dad would call, you know, and, and I would just be like, I, I don't have time to talk, you know. My dad died in 2013, and I wish to God I could take a phone call from him right now. Amen. I wish that I could take a ride with him and just go look at property that he would never buy but that we could dream about and think what could be. I wish I could have those conversations. See, it's, it's, it's interesting what grief does because it really helps you clarify what's important. There are a lot of things, guys, that we complain about at home. There's a lot of things that we come home and we just get aggravated about. You know, there are things that we get ticked off about and make us angry, you know. And then if you really begin to think about it, you think... It doesn't matter. This does not matter. I have never found anybody at a funeral home when I've gotten ready to do the funeral for their loved one and they've been angry at them that, you know, they didn't put the toilet seat down, right? (laughs) Or that they didn't pick their socks up. They're only wishing that they could be there to throw the socks on the floor again. 
And see, that's, that's what happens is grief helps us to clarify what really matters in life. When we walk through this process, it helps us to say, you know what, there are some things that just doesn't matter. But you do find this out, that, that when you walk through the process of grief, that God never wastes your pain. God is never going to waste the pain that you experience in your life. I want to ask somebody to come play. See, sometimes we think that when we suffer loss, we think, what was that? What was that worth? What was this? What was the, the goal in this? I don't understand this. I don't understand why I had to walk through this. I don't have to understand how I had to go, why I had to go through this. But I have learned that God is with me, that God loves me unconditionally, that God is faithful. That's why I love the Psalms. The Psalms are so deep um, because they're written in an emotional way. The Psalms, there's intellect there, but they're way more emotional than they are intellectual. Go read the Psalms because David's pouring out his heart to God. God, where are you at? God, I'm so angry right now. I feel like I'm lost. And he's pouring out his heart. Because his heart is broken or he's experiencing emotions that seem to consume him. And throughout the Psalms, he seems very connected to God in these emotional ways. And it's okay. Because what we find is this, is that he reiterates to us, God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. Psalm 34 and 18. says this. It says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And maybe that's what you feel like today. Maybe this morning you feel like that, that your heart is broken, your heart is crushed, or you've been through this. Hey, listen, it's okay. My dad passed away in, in 2013. My father-in-law, Raina's dad, passed away in 2009. And it still seems like there's certain things. I, I pulled up a picture of Raina's dad the other day that we had taken, and it just it just all came rolling back. It's okay. What you do is you stop and you you let yourself feel that. You don't push it off because this is part of the process. This is part, I think, how we connect in a deeper way to God when we allow ourselves to feel what God feels. When we allow ourselves to feel pain, it helps us to say, God, you know what this is like. Jesus is even described as a man, a so a man of sorrows acquainted with our grief. So this morning, I, I can know this, that God is close to me. When my heart is breaking, God, you're close. And maybe that's the question right there. Where is God at when my heart was breaking? Where was God at when my world was falling apart? If I believe that word right there, he was right there with you. And his heart was breaking too. Because he experiences pain and grief along with us. And every parent in here, you know what it's like to see your child hurt. You don't want to see them hurt, and your heart breaks for them. God's heart breaks for you too. He's not cold and callous. He is not an abusive father. He is a father that loves us. He is a father that is there for us. He is here now. 
And so this morning, I just submit to you that there is hope. I submit to you today that God is close. And so if you feel like you're at the end of your rope, just know that God's at the end of the rope with you. (laughs) That if you feel this morning like you're just lost, this last thing I wrote down was, whatever belongs to God is never lost. (laughs) Whatever belongs to God is never lost. So if you belong to Him, you're not lost. You may feel like it right now, but He's with you. It may feel like a dark place, but He is here. He is with you. So I want you guys to sing this song with us this morning. It talks about the broken pieces of our life and the amazing grace that God has. And So if you know the song, sing this with us today. bow your head. Maybe you need to lift a hand, whatever that posture is that you want to take right now. 
Lord, we just come to you and we just express, first off, our gratitude that you were here. But we also express the pain of our heart. We also express, Lord, the broken places in our life, God, that create so much havoc, cause so much pain, and we feel it deep. But Lord, you see that now, and you know that, and you don't ignore it. Actually, Lord, you step into it, and I'm glad that you do, because I can't do this by myself. I can't do this on my own. None of us can. We're not strong enough. We're not smart enough. But Lord, through you, Father, you can bring us through. We have hope in you. And although we grieve, we don't grieve as those who don't have a hope. We have a hope. Our grieving is in you. Our grieving is through you, Lord. And we can stand because you make us to stand. You give us a future and a hope. You give us the next day. You give us what's, what's around the corner. Father, you walk with us into that. And so, so, Lord, I thank you. I thank you so much that you go before us. You walk with us. And even there's points that we couldn't walk and you've carried us. You've carried us when we couldn't make it. You are that God. You are the God that is big enough and strong enough. And you know our heart and you know our pain. And so we thank you, Father, for being here. And so we're asking now, Lord, that as we get ready to leave here and wrap this up, that that you walk as we go home. Go with us because our grief and our pain doesn't stop. Lord, and on those days where it just seems like it comes rushing in and it seems like we're consumed by emotion and we're consumed by feelings and we're consumed by thoughts of, of, of depression or, or, or uh, discouragement, Lord, be our encourager. Let your Holy Spirit be that which lifts us up. Let your Holy Spirit remind us of your truth. Let your Holy Spirit be the strength that we need. So this is our prayer. This is how we ask today, Lord, for you to walk us through this process. Let us reflect you. Let us reflect you in every bit of who we are and how we've been created by you in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to New Life Church in Richmond Hill, Georgia. For more information regarding New Life, please visit our website at newliferh.com.